Let's go. All right. So my name is Michael Delu, and I'm going to be your host today for episode. I believe this is episode 30 of Pull Up the Tape. All right. So with that being said, I'm going to run through my usual introductory script, and then I'm going to get into politics for today for today's show. All right. So. If you are listening to this podcast via any of the platforms that my that Anchor distributes my podcast on, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, do me a favor and share this podcast with anybody you know that loves sports, okay? Word to word, no, not word to uh, mouth to mouth um, is the best form of, no, not, not mouth to mouth. What is it called? Um, what is it called? Oh, word of mouth. There we go. Word of mouth is the best form of promotion and marketing. So sharing this podcast with anybody you know that for a fact is going to like likes basketball, football, soccer, MMA will help me tremendously in getting to where I'm trying to go in the future. And lastly, if you are watching this video on video podcast, whatever you want to call it on my YouTube channel, do me a favor and hit the like button. It only takes a couple seconds. I, I've been I've, I see that people are being responsive now to to me asking to hit the like button because the past several videos I've posted, I've gotten five likes, which I've actually asked for. So, you know, like I said, baby steps before you can crawl. You got to crawl before you can walk. And again, not only liking the video, not only liking the video, but leaving a comment on the video as well as subscribing to my channel. That's undefeated. That's undefeated. The subscribing to my channel is undefeated. It's it re I really do appreciate it. And that helps me in the long run getting to where I'm trying to go. Okay. I'm going to stay consistent. You guys do your part. Help me grow. And yeah, we gonna rock out. So I got a lot of I got a lot of stuff to politic about today. So, and I want the first one I want to start off with is the Eastern Conference Finals. So, for those of you guys who are watching the NBA and the Eastern Conference Finals and just everything that's happening in in the NBA world, the man, it was a really good. It was honestly a it was honestly like I said a very not like I said it was honestly a very good game, and I, obviously it's. I'm going to give props where props props is due. The Miami Heat's best player yesterday in the from start of the game to the conclusion of the game was their 20-year-old rookie Tyler Hero. He's a rookie but he didn't play like one yesterday. All right, so Tyler rookie Tyler rookie. Tyler Hero had 37 points. He shot 14 from 21 from the field. He shot 5 from 10 from 3 and he led them in scoring the entire way and down the stretch of the game, he actually he he um he had the what well, what I felt like was the bucket that put the game out of reach for the Celtics when he cut to the basket like cut right in front of Jalen Brown's face, finish at the rim with a play, just like that after Jimmy Butler found him cutting cutting towards the basket because Jimmy Butler was backing down, was it Kemba? Yeah, I believe he was backing down Kemba Walker. So. Props to him. Honestly, he played. He played lights out. He played an incredible game. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give some um, some facts about this. So he is the first rookie to score. He's the first person to score that many points off the bench in the in the Eastern Conference Finals, and he's the first rookie since Magic Johnson to score that many points. Not 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 since Magic Johnson. He's the first rookie since he's the first rookie since about Ma since Magic. No, in fifty year forty years to score that many points in a conference final. The last person who did it was Magic Johnson, and Magic Johnson scored 40, all right? So props to Tyler. Um, just, and shout out to him. You know, he never, he, he I like Tyler Hero, okay? Um, 
Why? Because he is always has supreme confidence in himself. And then, you know, I'm seeing old videos of him emerging, a video, even a video where um, with the game on the line in, in Kentucky in college, he hits a free throw. I mean, which, I mean, I guess not many people do. I mean, obviously people do miss free throws in clutch situations. But, you know, after he hit the free throw, he looked at the dude from another team and was like, I'm a bucket, bro. This is what I do. And all the things that I've heard about, you know, Tyler Hero's growth and development and, and what he's done since he arrived in Miami from day one from his teammates. Um, they talked about in, I think it, it was in training camp, where all the vets on the team forced him to guard Jimmy Butler. And he actually held his own. They forced him to guard Jimmy Butler in like the, like the what, like, I think it was like for the entire scrimmage when they went, when they went five, five, five v five. And he actually held his own, gave buck, gave Jimmy buckets, like, you know, did his shit. Like, you know, so props to him. He's definitely growing as a player. Like, this dude is going to be – I'm not one of those people, oh, he's going to be a star of this, a super oh, budding superstar. Like, nah, he's he's playing good right now. And, I mean, I do see him ascending and continuing to grow. Like, I'm not going to be all, – all, I'm not I'm not riding nobody's dick, calling anybody a future superstar or any of that stuff. Like, because I understand things do happen. Like, everybody said – you know, just a lot of things happen. But – with the way he's with his mindset and the way he's he he his confidence and how I can see that he's willing to continue working to better his game, yeah, this dude's gonna have a bright, bright future in the league for a very long time. That's that's a great way. That's a great way to put it. A bright future in the league for a very long time. To get to the rest of his teammates, Jimmy Butler had twenty four points and nine rebounds. Goran Dragic had twenty two points and five rebounds. Bam Adibayo had twenty points and twelve rebounds. So all, I'm not surprised that Miami bounced back like this. I was, I mean, and I'm not surprised it was a close game as well. Like I said, I like I said in game after after I um, reacted to game three, I was really hoping that the Celtics would win, so it would be a tie series. And then you know, because I I personally, for those of you guys who don't realize it, basketball is coming to an end. Okay, this, this is the conference finals. Next round is the finals, and then we don't have basketball until. It's looking like probably January, and that's that's honestly kind of a long time for a no hoop. But I mean, there's football and soccer for for those of you guys who are into that. But you know, I really do love basketball, so I mean, I I was just me personally trying to get as many games in as possible. Seven game series wouldn't 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 seem like the end of the world to me. So, but who knows if that's going to actually end up happening? But props to Miami. They played they played great. They played with they played with a lot of defensive intensity towards the down like down the stretch of the game which is probably what resulted in the, in their win as well as Boston couldn't beat their zone it just, again 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 which is not I'm not going to say which is crazy but I mean Miami's a very good defensive team so I'm I, I don't know let me I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into Boston real quick so Boston Jason Tennant had probably one of the weirdest not I would say weirdest nights in his career but at halftime he had 0 points but then he finished the game with 28 points he also had he also poured in nine rebounds. Kemba Walker had twenty points and five assists. Jalen Brown had twenty one points and nine rebounds, and Gordon Hayward had fourteen points and seven rebounds. Okay, one thing I will say again is, bro, Kemba Walker needs to play better. Like, play better. Like he he didn't have the most efficient night, and just I I I I seen too many possessions where Kemba Walker was guarding Jimmy Butler, and I'm and I I'm. I'm very clueless as to I, I I need some answers from from Brad Stevens as to why that was happening possession after possession after possession because I, I personally didn't make any sense to me 
at all. Like I, I personally feel like I have a better chance of guarding Jimmy Butler than Kemba Walker does. I don't like Kem, like Jimmy has seven inches on him and like at least I'm gonna say at least forty, at least thirty to forty pounds. I don't know the exact, but uh, like make can, can someone make sense of that for me? Because personally, to me, that doesn't really make sense. Like you have your point, your undersized point guard guarding the team's best player who also happens to be 6'8". Niggas weird! Like, what? That doesn't make sense. Like, what? That's that's kind of stupid. Yeah, personally, if you ask me, um, I don't know. And and he, here's here's part of here's part of the problem for Boston. Not part part well, the main the main problem. So the zone is used to be able to. It's not. It's not. It's not a defense that's used to like apply pressure. That's you know. It's not. It's not a press. They're like they're not playing man to man. Nothing. Zone is the zone is like primarily used so you know. Your opposing team doesn't get contested three point looks. Okay. Why the fuck is Boston turning the ball over at such a high rate against the zone? Like it's not even meant to like force turnovers. Like. It's literally meant to contest three-point shots. Yet game one, okay, I'm gonna I'm go through game one. Boston had ten turnovers. Ten turnovers. Game two, Boston had nineteen. Game four, Boston had twenty. You want to know the common denominator in all these games where they had all these turnovers? They lost, and these are and like every game, this series has been a close game. So look, the, the reason why Boston is losing is because they can't. Con- Fucking take care of the ball. 10 turnovers, 19, 20. And these are all games they lost. All games they that they lost single digits. So what does that tell you? If they take, if they could take care of the ball better and not turn the, the ball over like idiots, they probably wouldn't have lost the games, lost these games the way they did. But now they're in a situation where they're in. But I mean, it is what it is. Can't blame anybody but themselves. I mean, when you have when you're and I don't even like doing this, when when some of your some of your better players that you pay top dollar don't show up in in critical moments of the game and turn the ball over and aren't executing at the their best their full potential offensively what happens with Boston where you see them turning the ball over in crucial situations or the ball uh, like just different shit like that like that's that's that and I I'm honestly I'm not I'm not trying to call anybody out but Kemba is definitely underperformed in in this series. Not not the playoffs, but this series for sure. Like Kemba Kemba, Kemba came up big against the Raptors last in the last round. I mean, and who did they play in the first round? Who did the Boston Celtics play in the first round? Boston played. Can't even remember. Was it the Nets? No, it wasn't the Nets. I, I can't even remember who Boston played. It, they I know they swept. Who was it? Damn, I don't even remember, honestly. But game five is going to be on game five is on Friday. We're gonna see how that works out. I I honestly think the series is over. If Boston wins the next next game, props to them. They probably won't win game six. And uh yeah. So at I don't think Boston's gonna get closed out next round, next game. So I I do I do see the Miami 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 Heat winning in six. So that's it for me with that. And again, props to Tyler Hero, props to Miami Miami Heat for handling business for like you know honestly my Miami Heat when when like 
for when the game goes like down the stretch, like most likely they're not going to lose. Well, not next round because they're going to play the Lakers. But um, yeah. So the next topic I want to get into is Tyrod Taylor. So the Tyrod Taylor situation is interesting to say the least. Like extremely interesting to say the least. And Tyrod Taylor's situation is is it's funny. All right. Not funny, but I, I just say it's funny. It's, it's just, you know, things things people say when whatever. But nineteen years ago, Tom Brady became the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. And for those of you guys who don't know or don't for for basketball fans who are watching this or soccer fans who are watching this or, you know, people who aren't heavily invested in the NFL and as well as not, I mean, and even if you are heavily invested in the NFL, if you weren't watching the NFL at this time in 2001 or like really no Tom Brady story, Tom Brady got the start, became a starter because the Tom Brady started for the Patriots because the original starter, um, what happened to him? Oh, yeah, he got hurt. And actually, I didn't realize this until just recently because I heard Drew Bledsoe talking about it. He actually almost lost his life uh, that uh, because of that injury. So you, the point I'm trying to make is you can definitely lose your job to injury. It doesn't matter who you are. This is this is Drew Bledsoe who was actually getting paid like OD bread, okay, at the time. Like this, he was New England's franchise quarterback, okay, and this happened to him. And then he also lost his job. This same dude lost his job to Tony Romo. It wasn't because of injury, though. He lost his job because he played, like, ass cheeks, buns. So Tyrod Taylor is reported to have a chest injury in warm-ups. And even me, when I first heard it, I was just like, how do you – niggas weird. Like, how does that even – how does that even happen? A chest injury during warm-ups? Like, there's no – like, I mean, I've played football before. There's no hitting during warm-ups. There's no nothing. Like, you're literally stretching, like, just practicing plays, like, loosening up. Like, I don't even understand how. I mean, if he would have pulled something, that makes sense. But, like, a chest injury? Like, what? No. So, another thing I want to say is, like, have, have, have anybody has anybody ever wondered, like, what happens to, like, to doctors who, like, you know, obviously, when you go to – when 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 you're in a class, obviously there's going to be people who perform at an exceptional level, and there's going to be people who perform perform at an average level, and then there's people who are going to perform at, you know, do the bare minimum, Re- regardless of what school it is, whether it's law school, college, and in this case, med school. So, you guys ever wondered about you know the the doctors who finish probably at the bottom of their class in med school? Well, I think one of them was this guy. So, the Chargers team doctor apparent. Uh, Apparently, he accidentally punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung before kickoff on Sunday while he was trying to administer painkillers because a painkiller injection because Tyrod had apparently had cracked ribs. I don't know if he it I don't it says crack, but I don't know if it's actually cracked ribs or bruised ribs, because if it's cracked ribs, personally, he probably shouldn't have been playing anyways. But that happened. And unfortunately for Tyrod Taylor. It's looking ugly for him because even though Anthony Lynn came, I feel like he, I don't even know why the fuck he said this. Anthony Lynn came out and said, Tyrod Taylor's our starter when he's healthy. I'm like, okay, okay I guess. Um, 
because I, I personally don't think I don't I don't even think that makes sense to say because Justin Herbert looked way better than Tyrod Taylor did against the Super Bowl champs than than in week two than Tyrod did in week one against the worst team in the, in the AFC North, which is led by a rookie quarterback, and they only they barely won that game. So I don't really understand. They put up they put up more points with Justin Herbert. They played better with Justin Herbert. He passed for more yards. He looked better. Like I, I don't know. I that 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 Anthony Lynn. I don't I don't really know. I don't think he was even serious about that. And this isn't just any quarterback. It's a quarterback that they drafted six overall in the in the in the draft. So what is he talking about? I don't know. But to get into Tyrod Taylor, um, this is just a really unfortunate situation for him because it just feel like now he just I, I personally feel like he's he's just, he just lost his job. And why I think it's a it's it's kind of I don't I don't know I feel indifferent about the whole situation is because you know I've I've been following Tyrod Taylor since since he was in I think I, I believe Tyrod Taylor played if I'm not mistaken Tyrod let me let me check where Tyrod was actually drafted by give me one second <clears throat> Tyrod Taylor okay let's see we're gonna find out right now Tyrod Taylor was drafted. In twenty no no okay so he was drafted in twenty eleven. Let's see by who. Mm, let's see by who. Oh yeah, exactly. I knew it. Tyrod Taylor was drafted by Baltimore. He never actually played for Baltimore. Like he played like barely for Baltimore. Yeah. Okay, I knew I was right. Um, Tyrod Taylor played for Baltimore. Well, he didn't play. Well, he was on. He backed up Joe Flacco in the earlier days in his career, and then he didn't get his actual first break. Until he got to Buffalo, and Buffalo, he was a he was a he wasn't I wouldn't say he was a decent quarter decent, very good at decent good at times. I've never really very good, but probably the best quarterback they've had since what they have now in Josh Allen. You know, but even his last season in Buffalo, he took them to the playoffs where they played against my favorite team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, in the wild card, which we which we won thirteen to ten. He got he eventually he he ends up getting hurt in that game. And then isn't able to finish it. And then Nathan Nathan interception Peterman comes in and just stinks up the whole joint. And no, no, actually, he, yeah, he stinks up the joint. At one point, at one that same season, Nathan Peterman, I don't know why, I don't know why, who, I don't know who the the can't even remember his name. I think his name is Sean something. Sean Sean pulls Tyrod Taylor for for Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman throws four four interceptions in the first half against the Chargers. What a bum. But anyway, Tyrod was never really appreciated for how good of a quarterback he was in in Buffalo. And again, like I said, he led his team to the to the playoffs the last year he was there. Then he goes to Cleveland, and he even even there he played pretty good. He played good enough to you know be the starter. But obviously, they had draft they had just drafted Baker Mayfield, and then you know eventually he's going to be the starting quarterback. Like he's you're not going to draft somebody number one overall for them for how, to have them sitting on the bench. He was there for one year, and now he and then he goes over to the Chargers, and even then, I mean, the Chargers. I mean, obviously, you know, they're thinking about the future because Tyrod Taylor is, you know, up there in age. He's thirty-one. I mean, obviously, like you know, he has he's closer to the twilight of his career than the than the dawn of his career. So you know, they drafted a quarterback. I mean, and then you know, all, and he played all right week one, but I mean, eventually he was going to lose his job. But I feel like. This whole situation is just a little, uh, like, because 
it seemed like they just accelerated the process of him losing his job. Like, and it, it, I've been, I, it's been reported and I've read on various sources that, <clears throat> read from various sources that, and a tweet that I seen it said, our medical staff and legal staff have been in touch with Tyrod, Tyrod and his agents since Sunday, collecting facts and an investigation has been initiated. So. Definitely, don't, definitely don't see this coming to an end. It, it, I, I do see Ty, Tyrod's gonna get paid off this. Getting paid with holler whenever that stop. My team good. We don't really need a mascot. Tell tune like one pass it like a relay. YMCNB, your niggas my YMCA. But I'm hoping Ty, I'm hoping. I mean, not I'm not hoping. Tyrod, Tyrod's done. He's hit full with the Chargers. He's done. I don't, I don't see again and. What makes this whole situation even worse is Justin Herbert played really, really good. I think he had over 300 yards all purpose. I know he had over 300 passing, and I know he had a, his first score of his career in the NFL was uh, a QB keeper, and then I know he scored he threw another touchdown pass. So, yeah, it's an unfortunate situation, and I just wanted to inform my viewers uh, on the situation. And yeah, so to my next topic. Um, I'm going to talk about two quarterbacks that are, have been under fire this week um, in the public eye, especially in the NFL community. And those two quarterbacks are Drew Brees and Carson Wentz. All right. So Drew Brees, obviously everybody knows that Drew Brees is up there in age. He started, I mean, I think he'd be, he either came into the NFL the year 2000 or 2001. Drew Brees is about 41 years old, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So Drew Brees has come under fire because – the first two games of this, the first two games of the season, he has played pretty bad. Okay, so, and I would say pretty bad, but obviously the first game of the season against the the Tampa Bay Bucks, it wasn't his best game, and even the game against the the Raiders on Monday Night Football, where they opened up the Raiders' new arena, new stadium, it wasn't his hottest as well. All right, just just some key figures to point out. He has 472 yards passing in two weeks of the season, so that's roughly that's a little under, a little under 250, so somewhere around 230, 235, something like that. 230. Oh yeah, 236 rush, 236 passing yards on average. Um, but here's the alarming thing: his completion percent. I mean, and the sample size is pretty small. And there's other factors that go into it. For example. Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas did miss the past game, missed the last game, and Michael Thomas is a big part of the Saints' offense. I mean, honestly, he is the Saints' offense aside from Alvin Kamara. Okay, not the Saints' offense; he's the Saints' passing game for sure. Because I mean, since he's gotten the, since for the past two years, he's honestly been the only only receiver on their roster that teams actually probably fear or like think. Okay, he can beat us, and this guy is gonna is gonna be a problem for our defensive backs to like contain. But like I said, his completion percentage is down a whole ten percent from last year, and he's only he's thrown three touchdowns this year and one interception. So in three games, he's thrown three touchdowns. In two games, he's thrown three touchdowns. That's not very Drew Brees like. And he's had. And then in the in the Raiders game, he had a lot of like, oh, bad throws and over like just. So I don't know. It it it's it's. I understand it's the beginning of the season, but. I'm not going to give Drew, B- Drew Brees a pass necessarily because he's not playing in a new offense. Sean Payton's still calling the plays. Like, you know, there's no reason for him to be struggling like this. 
this early in the season. I mean, maybe, you know, yeah, he doesn't have timing with some of his receivers, but the only new receiver that I know of is Emmanuel Sanders. Everybody else has been in that has been in that receiver room for quite some time. So I'm gonna be the first to say that his performance this season so far has not been it. Like let's I mean, and part of it sometimes some some people are saying like, oh, his arm isn't strong enough to make some of these throws anymore. But some of the throws that I seen that he was just missing, it's not about it's not about his arm. Like and first of all, it's not about his arm strength because like he can still push the ball down the field. It's just bad decision making and different things. Like okay, so for example, some of the stuff he could get away with earlier in his career, he can't do anymore. Like Drew Brees can get off a earlier in his career. Drew Brees could get off a pass if the even if the pocket wasn't clean, but. I seen him throw an interception when he couldn't step into a throw simply because the pocket wasn't clean. So there's it's just stuff that's happening now that definitely I wasn't seeing, you know, a couple years back or whatever. Maybe it could be because of age, you know, or whatever. But I I look for him to I mean, regardless of that, they're still one on one. It's not like the next the next quarterback I'm about to talk about who whose team is 0 2. But I do look for Drew Brees to bounce back. I probably don't think they're gonna get a win against the Packers. But on Sunday Night Football, but, I mean, hey, it is what it is. We'll see how that works out. So the next person I want to talk about, like, man, it's getting easty over there. So Carson Wentz, right? He has thrown 512 yards and this season and two touchdowns and four interceptions, okay? But here's here's the crazy part. So that 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 that's a, a average of... 256 passing yards per game, which isn't – that's decent. No, that's, that's a little – I wouldn't say that's decent. That's average. That's average. So – but here's the crazy thing, though. In week one of the season of, of – week one against the Washington football team, the Redskins, the Eagles were at one point were up 17-0, all right? 17-0. That's a very – like, usually when you're up 17-0, you probably should win that game, but they didn't win the game. Why? Because Carson went through interceptions that let the Washington football team back into the game. So, as of right now, Carson Wentz, as of September 24th, 2020, Carson Wentz has the second worst QBR in the league at 28.1. And he's also the worst, the most sacked quarterback in the NFL with eight sacks. But here's the thing, you know, I know, I know a lot of people, you know, tried to give quarterbacks a cop out when they're playing bad oh their offensive line probably sucks no actually Carson Wentz according to pro football focus in two in two two um of the two weeks of the season has the fifth fifth best offensive line in the league fifth fifth not 25th he has the fifth best offensive line in the league so some of these most of the majority of the sacks he's taken is because of him. He's had, he's he's actually thrown. Oh my god, I don't have the I don't have the stat. He's thrown majority of his incompletions from a clean pocket. He's led the Eagles to two touchdowns. To two touchdowns on the past twenty one on their past twenty one possessions. So since they were up seventeen zero against the Washington football team, the next 21 possessions, they've had the ball, they scored two touchdowns. Two. For real, bro. 
And I like Carson Wentz. I really do. Like, he's a good dude, a great player. Well, at times can be a great player, but I think part of why it's it's just part of the whole thing with Carson Wentz, and I, I consistently hear this all the time, is, oh, when he's fully healthy, he's an MVP, MVP caliber quarterback. And when when he's fully healthy, he's an MVP caliber quarterback. My thing with that is that Max Kellerman says this all the time. All right, you when when evaluating a player, you have to subtract their worst season and their very best season, and whatever remains is what they are as a quarterback. Okay, so if you take away Carson Wentz's MVP season and the worst season of his career, he's honestly an average quarterback, okay? Since he's come back from that injury in the, in, in, in the games he started, okay, even, even so 2017-2018 season, uh, the Eagles won the Super Bowl, right? And he gets hurt against the Saints. and No, not against the Saints. He gets hurt against the Rams in the Coliseum. So that next season, he, he, becomes, he comes back starting. No, no, he didn't even start the he – didn't, he the, the next the home opener against the Falcons. When he ends up starting, the team goes five and six, right? Five and six, and then he gets hurt again. And then Nick Foles Nick Foles comes in, plays four and one four and one down the stretch and gets them to the playoffs and they beat the Bears. The next season, anyways, since his since the twenty since twenty eighteen he's been fourteen and fifteen in his starts, which is average. At best, that's a fifty. That's even less than fifty percent. And he, the Eagles have scored on average about twenty three points per game, and that right there is the league average. So I mean, he's not really. I mean, unless 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 he plays to the MVP level again, that's not who he is. And people need to stop having this expectation for him. He's a good quarterback. He's not a great one. Well, at least he hasn't played like one since since the MVP season. So. These unrealistic expectations that he's gonna just continue to carry this team and just put up eye popping stats like that's that's that might be dead. All right, it might be dead. I don't know how much longer he could continue to play like trash buns ass cheeks, but he doesn't have much longer. Even though the the Philadelphia Eagles are heavily invested into him financially, I don't see. I mean, and they did draft they did draft um what's his name Jalen Hurts in the second round of the. 2020 draft, but we'll we'll see how this all shakes up. I I me personally, I do want him to figure it out. Same same thing with Drew Brees, because I think the league is the league the league is at a good place when more quarterbacks are playing at an elite level, and that's just better competition, just better views, better everything, high, more high scoring games, just everybody wins. So, hope all this works out for those two individuals that I just named, because I those are those are players I do like. And with that being said, I'm concluding the the 30th episode of Pull It the Tape. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening, tapping in, tuning in, supporting me, helping me. This is only the beginning. I'm just going to keep rocking. It's episode 30. Can't wait to 50. Can't wait to 100. Can't wait to 200. Can't wait to 300. Can't wait to 400. Can't wait to 1,000. All right? I'm going to shake the room up as as as, as I keep growing and, and progressing. And, yeah, we're going to make a movie. We're going to go viral. If you're listening to this podcast via my YouTube channel, no, not my YouTube channel via the 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 platforms that Anchor distributes my podcast on, such as Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Apple Podcasts, 
Share this podcast with anybody you know that loves sports. And if you're watching this on my YouTube channel, hit a like, smash the like button. Let's get this, let's get this video to five likes. You got to crawl before you can walk. Leave comments. Come on, y'all. Talk to me. I'll talk back. And subscribe to my channel. All right. With that being said, thank you. Bow. Movie. Shake the room. Viral. Arr.